Unscripted. Unshackled. Uncouth. What you're about to hear is for mature ears only. It's Miguel. Ricky. Yeah. Yeah. You're a dumbass. Have a wonderful day, okay? Bye-bye now. Holly. I finally got boobs and a butt back. And Scotty the body. Am I not as cool and good-looking as I think I am? The Miguel and Holly Uncensored Podcast. No, my tongue feels too big today. Only from Hot 101.5. Give me Kit Kat or give me death. Tampa Bay's new hit music. Well, here we are, post-Pride weekend, Mm -hmm. a very different way of celebrating St. Pete Pride. We're going to talk about that for a quick second as we get Dr. Upshaw for our, we call it a couple different things. What What do you want to go with? Because we can either do Mental or Mental Health Monday, or we do Mindful Monday. I like Mindful Monday. I do too, so let's go with that. Yeah, Mindful Monday. So we got to talk to Dr. Upshaw Mm -hmm. from Neurospa TMS here in just a second about a new topic about mental health. Right. But this weekend, we celebrated St. Pete Pride in our own different ways since we didn't get to do the usual parade and the festival and everything. And what did you do, Holly? I just uh, went shopping on Saturday. I got some decorations for the house. Mm-hmm. I got a rainbow balloon. I got we my I really kind of let my daughter lead the way. She got rainbow crepe paper like streamers, mm. and she put them haphazardly all over the living room. They're As still up, by the way. Oh, uh, we got party hats. We got plates and cups mm-hmm. with rainbow patterns on them. She got some sunglasses. We got like some body stickers mm. and we had our own little mini party. Like this was what was weird about it. We like got all decked out and then we were like, well, now what do we do? <laughs> 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 it's literally just me and a person and a kid. So we were just like, all right, well, let's play some games <laughs> um, because what do you do with a six-year-old? So I put right. on some like, you know, like a, a pride playlist, which mm-hmm. was fun. Some of the lyrics were you know, we had to search for the clean uh, edits. Right. Um, but yeah, so we did that and then we played some games and then we ordered takeout. So it was mm. just, it was like a little at home pride party. What was really cool if you turned on the radio station um, and even if you live in a different place, uh, not in Tampa Bay, because we've had a few listeners from different podcasts we've been on that have are on the in the fam now. So welcome on our radio station. It turned into like the gayest radio station in America, I believe, this weekend. And I was here for every little bit of it. Sure. So here's just a little bit of what you missed if you didn't listen to Hot 101.5 this weekend. Hey, it's Miguel from Miguel and Holly Mornings on Hot 101.5. Here's what pride means to you, Tampa Bay. Pride means to me equality for all. This is Chris from downtown Tampa. Have a great day. St. Pete Pride Weekend, made hot by Bud Light. Hot 101.5. Let your pride shine bright. Show us how you're celebrating St. Pete Pride this weekend. Use the hashtag Pride is Hot. And then it would go into a nice Ooh, little yes. Pride song. Oh. It was just so great to hear songs like that that I thought I would never hear on this radio station. Well, not only that, I mean, you're like, well, this isn't our, I mean, it is our format, like, 25 years ago. Right. <laughs> and I was like, would we play something like that? Yes. Right, right. So it was just really cool to hear that this weekend. Mm-hmm. So happy Pride to you. We have Dr. Upshaw on the phone. Yep. All right. Dr. Upshaw, we just keep banging you around. Like, Poor we, Dr. Upshaw. We missed it last week, and then we had you on the phone, and then the call dropped. I mean, I'm sorry. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mad, just disappointed. Dr. Upshaw works with Neurospa TMS, which I uh, have been going to for TMS treatment. Um, which is treatment for depression and anxiety and in a, in a non-drug way. So Dr. Upshaw is a psychiatrist that comes on with us 
to talk about all things mental health. And we do this on Mondays, and we decided we're going to do Mindful Mondays. We settled on it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's been sort of a different topic every week. And we did miss last week, but I wanted to talk about what we were going to talk about last week, which is PTSD. Mm. And for some reason, I feel like PTSD is confusing to probably a lot of people that don't know someone with it. And even if you do know someone with it, or maybe you yourself suffer from it, it might be bigger than you already think it is, if that makes sense. So Dr. Upshaw, um, when you know you and I and the team at Neurospa were kind of talking through what some of the topics that folks here in Tampa Bay were curious about, they were interested to know that PTSD is one of the highest Googled mental health topics here in Tampa Bay, right? Yeah. Yeah, which is which is no surprise with everything that's going on right now. Right. Um, and why that would be the top Google search thing with mental health right now, for sure. Now, I would assume from the surface that if you say PTSD, it's one of the top terms searched here in Tampa. My non-psychology knowing brain would go, oh, well, it's because of McDill. We have an Air Force base here, but it can go a little bit deeper than that, right? Yeah, and I was actually referring to just everything we've been going through with the coronavirus and COVID. Um, right. Because people people think, you know, of PTSD, like in the media, of people returning back from war or people who have had some kind of assault. Mm. But it can be much subtler than that. And, in fact, in psychiatry now, we screen for this on all mental health evaluations because we found that people who have a history of trauma, especially childhood trauma, um, they tend to not do quite as well with medications as as people who may maybe don't have any history of trauma. And so I like to tell patients when I'm kind of screening for this because you don't necessarily want to get into everyone's trauma on the first visit, right? Right. You and know, maybe they don't even know about it. Exactly. So what I tell them is we kind of think about there's actually a term for it. It's called, you know, adverse childhood events. Mm. Um, but this can happen to adults too. And it can be something as simple as living in a home where – your parents are always arguing, or maybe there's a home where you're not getting enough to eat. There can be very subtle things that can actually cause trauma. And so PTSD really is a set of symptoms that happen to people who um, are avoiding things that are going on in their life or even avoiding their own feelings because it reminds them of a time when they weren't safe. Mm. That's kind of a very basic way to think about it. Um, and so when it's interfering with your ability to have um, relationships, show up to work, and or when you're kind of sectioning off um, parts of your own feelings because you want to avoid, you know, your own feelings triggering you, that's what that's what PTSD is all about. So it doesn't really matter what the original trauma was, per se. It's the set of symptoms that someone's suffering from PTSD. Now, what's the range of PTSD? Because I feel like if I were to remember when I first heard about what PTSD is, I think of the movie Forrest Gump when, is it Lieutenant Dan? Oh, yeah. Comes back from Vietnam. With no legs. With no legs, and he's clearly having a rough time. And I feel like that's my first memory of someone in media talking about it, but I don't think they spell it out like you just did. So I feel like if we're talking about like a scale of what you can deal with and why some people don't realize how right now what we're going through with COVID-19 that we could have PTSD because we think of, I have had to come back 
back from war with no legs, or I've had to see people dying in front of me. I was nearly blown up. Like, they're like, oh, that's PTSD. But, and maybe it's like a little bit of guilt where it's like, well, I'm struggling, but I don't want to label it as post-traumatic stress because... I don't want to take away from somebody who's been to war. Right, but that doesn't diminish what you've been through. But I think maybe we're having some sort of collective uh, issue with coming to grips that a lot of things can be this. So I guess, Miguel, are you asking, like, what's... Like, what's the scale of, obviously, like, someone like Lieutenant Dan from Forrest Gump or someone that we know that went off to Afghanistan or served uh, for our country to what we're going through now with COVID-19 as civilians? Is there a scale? There is, but I would say it's more about your reaction to the trauma than than the trauma itself. Mm. So when we look at it... We, we look at like Lieutenant Dan, for example, he was avoiding his thoughts and feelings about the war. And the way he did that was by drinking mm-hmm. and, you know, doing these other behaviors that caused a lot of trouble for him. Mm. So it's not really even about what you're feeling. It's the way that you're handling it in a maladaptive way. You're Got avoiding. Okay. You can't you can't you're sectioning off your own feelings. You're, you're not opening yourself up to relationships or things are triggering you on a daily basis that are causing you to get really upset. And so, you know, we really look at what, what the response is and can we kind of track that back to um, some type of trauma for the person. And the way, and for us, it really becomes a more practical thing. The way in which someone is coming into our office and telling us what they're struggling with, it just starts to fit this pattern of PTSD versus like, you know, classic symptoms of anxiety or depression. And what's going on right now with COVID is, and and this is a perfect time to talk about this because our numbers are going back up again in in Florida. And so, you know, we've all been through this, right? Right. Everything shut down, you know, everyone's lives were disrupted and then everything opened back up and we were feeling good. We were like, okay, we can take a deep breath. Here we go. And then now all of a sudden the numbers are coming back up. And so, you know, I'm sure this is affecting a lot of people and a lot of people are getting, you know, worried and kind of feeling like they were a few months ago. And that's kind of what PTSD is all about. And then your response to those feelings, that's, that's, what, it, that's what the PTSD problem is all about. So how do you know right now if you should seek help? So I'm thinking if I am a server at a couple of different restaurants and everything for my life was pretty much fine, pacing for 2020, All of a sudden, March 13th, all of the news comes down that next week when they shut everything down. Literally, I go from having some good money. I was saving. Now I have no money. And then things opened up a month ago. And now I'm starting to hear cases are going back. And so I'm starting to feel that panic whenever I get paid of, do I pay my rent? Do I make a payment on something or do I just keep holding on to my money until I know things are going to be okay? Or if we know what's going to happen, I'm figuring that's what a lot of people are going through. How do you work through those feelings of PTSD? So those are, yeah, so those are very practical things. And some, someone could be feeling all of that and not have PTSD. Mm. So someone could say, oh, my gosh, what am I going to spend my money on? I'm super worried. And that anxiety that they have is normal. PTSD means they can't shift out of it. So let's say that person you know, says, okay, I'm going to go stay at my brother's place for a little bit. And then, you know, I'm going to go try to do this and they're working on a solution and then there's nothing else they can do or plan. And then, you know, they're able to go to sleep that night and the next day, maybe they get a piece of good news and they re- and they respond to that and they feel happy. Right. So that that's still normal. PTSD would be if someone 
um, have been through that experience and they just can't stop worrying about it. They haven't slept in two nights. Mm. You know, um, they can't, they can't make any decisions to try to solve the problem. So you can see, you can have two people in the exact same situation and one of them has symptoms of PTSD and the other one's not. And I tell this to people all the time, you know, in our TMS clinic, <clears throat> excuse me, people come in and they're going through terrible things. I mean, people have cancer, people have lost loved ones, people have gone through divorces. And when they get better with TMS, nothing changed in their life. They're just not clinically depressed anymore. Mm. And so PTSD is the same thing, is that you think, oh, my gosh, that person went through all that. They must have PTSD when actually they don't. Um, and some people who've been through something less traumatic, they actually do have it. It's a, just a clinical syndrome of symptoms. And really, someone can know they have it if it's present on a daily basis. It's interrupting their sleep. It's making them dysfunctional in their ability to have relationships, show up to work, things like that. That's how you would know that you need to seek help. Regardless of what the original issue was, whether it's something COVID-related or whether it's like, you know, a sexual assault or whether it's anything that causes your reaction to maybe not be appropriate to the situation? Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So what do you do in that case when you can feel that, you know, I'm listening to this and I'm like, wow, the way that I respond to whatever the situation is, you know, that's relating to my PTSD what do I do now that I'm starting to see the pattern here that I'm not okay? Yeah. So um, if that's the case, you should try to find some professional help. And, you know, we've talked about that before on the podcast, you know, obviously our TMS clinic, if people have PTSD and they meet criteria for depression, um, the TMS treatment usually helps with PTSD as well. But there's also that psychologytoday.com website where you can put in your zip code and find, a therapist or a psychiatrist, because it, it's actually, and on the surface for most people, it's actually relatively treatable. I mean, cause you just don't, you don't even know what's going on. You're so lost in it. Right. Mm. But when you sit down with a professional and they help you unpack it a little bit, you can start to see what part of your response is normal stress and what part is maladaptive. Like when Lieutenant Dan was drinking too much to try to hide his feelings. You know, you can understand, oh, my gosh, I'm trying to hide my feelings because of this. And I'm not going to I'm going to try not to do that anymore. Um, so it, it it is there is treatment for it, mm. which is great to know. Yeah, it's so interesting right now. The time we're in, I, even just this weekend, I was talking with some friends and we when we first saw each other. We were doing the how are you? And everyone does that long well, yeah. <laughs> let me just sort of go through everything that's been happening in my life right now. Um, and I feel like I know I've asked you this before, but I feel like we're getting new people coming in all the time. And I feel like it's worth repeating. What do you do to handle everything that's coming at us right now? Because you go to work or you're working from home, you turn on your phone on in social media anywhere, you turn on the news, and it just feels like sometimes life is just so out of your control that there's nothing that you can do. And you're sort of just in this boat in the ocean, just letting it just rock you back and forth. And there's no sense of control at all. What can we do right now to help with those feelings? Yeah, I mean, we've we've talked about it before. I think the big take-home points are just to make sure you're you're limiting your social media and any media. Actually, I mean, the news is so tough right now. Even if you just go to mainstream 
media sites. It's just really tough to handle. So limiting, limiting that, I mean, the tendency is to want to know what information you can. And so you can find yourself just drowning in the information. So trying to cut that off a little bit. I think the most important thing is to try to find a little normalcy or a little bit of a routine in this. And it's tough because the ground keeps kind of shifting underneath us. As Mm -hmm. soon as we kind of have, you know, our, our game plan set up all of a sudden now there's more cases coming through of the, of the COVID-19. So I think trying to kind of get your bearings and trying to set a little bit of normalcy and a little bit of a routine for yourself um, where you're doing things like eating healthy, getting outside, getting a little exercise, making sure you're getting in touch with people um, who are your friends or your family, because you can really lose that pretty easily because we're all out of our routines. And so you can just kind of get yourself kind of on the wrong path of just looking at what you're doing on a daily basis. If you really take a step back, you can say, wow, this is not, this is not good. I'm, I'm just watching TV all day. I'm not getting out of the house. You know, I'm just sucked in the news cycle, commenting on Facebook all day or Instagram, you know, it's just, and you don't realize that you were in a much better pattern before all this happened. And that's why you were doing better. So I think being able to take a step back and see what you're doing on a daily basis and try to put some healthy stuff in there for yourself make a big difference. I'm curious. You said, you know, to seek out friends or something that will distract you. Mm. Going back to PTSD, what if you see a friend or a partner that may be exhibiting some of these signs of PTSD from COVID-19 or maybe it's any time um, a, a talk of a family member that passed away long ago or uh, some abuse or whatever the case may be, but you see that whenever that comes up, they're sort of exhibiting some of these signs of PTSD. How do you talk to someone to say, hey, I think there might be something bigger going on here that you should talk to someone about? Yeah, I mean, I think what you just said is the most important thing, just trying to talk to them about it to see, to see what they've noticed. To say, hey, have you have you noticed this? You know, because I'm I'm your friend. I'm on the outside, and I just noticed you're just not quite yourself. You seem to be, you know, a little bit more down. Have you noticed that? And mm-hmm. you know, the person might make it super easy for you and say, yes. Oh my gosh, you know. And I've been trying to to talk to someone about it or think what to do, and I don't know what to do. That's going to be a lot different than the person saying, I don't know what you're talking about, and maybe even getting defensive about it. So you have to kind of see where they're at first. Um, and then, you know, depending on where they're at, you can try to help them uh, get some help or just talk to them about it and see if you can get them to maybe acknowledge that it might be a good idea to get some help. Mm. It can be hard, especially if they don't quite either know about it or aren't used to being asked questions that that deeply, mm. because then sometimes people can get defensive and then turn it around if they're if they're if you're like hitting that nerve that they don't even like to address. Mm-hmm. And that can be difficult. But if, you know, if this is a good friend of yours, you owe it to them to do it. Exactly. When is the right time to drop that on a friend when you see that that's happening? Like when you see that they're having signs of PTSD or there's something in their past that they need to sort of unearth, uncover, and talk about, when is the right time, if at all, to say, hey, I I think that there is something going on here? or something that has happened in the past that you haven't reckoned with? Yeah, so I used to um, actually be on faculty at USF. So I taught residents and students a lot, medical students. And what I would always tell them when they got into psychiatry is you don't have to go into detail about what the person is struggling with per se. 
you can really talk to them about how they're feeling, you know, currently in the present, right? Mm -hmm. That you don't have to, you know, make them bring up the trauma and talk to you about it. That's not necessarily appropriate, um, even as a friend, that to, to get into that depth. Um, you might find yourself kind of a little overwhelmed by what they come out with. So right. it, it's kind of better to just talk to them about how they're how they're feeling currently and just say, hey, you know, I've noticed you've been a little bit down. You know, I just wanted to talk to you about it to see if there's anything I could do to help. And, you know, just you don't want to say, hey, I can tell you're feeling down. And I think it's because of this thing that happened a year or two ago. Yeah, you probably don't <laughs> want to psychoanalyze that. Because <laughs> you might find yourself in over your head because right. sometimes, you know, people have defenses up for a reason. Mm -hmm. So I think it's more about, you know, trying to help them understand that there might be a problem and to see if they need to get some help and to be supportive and be there for them. But don't feel like you have to, to, to be their therapist. Mm. That's not healthy for you either, yeah. especially if you are not a therapist, which I fall into that trap because I I like this whole thing. I like asking people about, you know, what's going on and where all this comes from, but that's not my job. Right. Like, no, nobody paying me to be a therapist. Mm -hmm. So, you know, asking about just current stuff, like you seem a little off or whatever, you, you don't need to dig. Dr. Upshaw, how, yeah. do you, how do you deal with that as a psychologist? Um, psychiatrist. Psychiatrist, sorry. Um, in, you know, I mean, essentially people are dumping on you. Obviously, you've been trained to handle those situations, but you're still a human. And I can imagine that there takes a toll of hearing that all the time. Yeah, I mean, to, to be honest, it's funny because we, we just talked about that. Well, I am a psychiatrist and I, I have, I'm married and I have normal friendships too. So it's, it's kind of weird to to kind of draw the line or have boundaries mm. um, with your friends and family. Right. But, you know, in terms of my patients, it, that's just what happens. I've been doing this for over 15 years now, and it's just I realize that, you know, I can't help everyone, and I'm going to do my best, but you, you can't get invested that you're going to try to to fix every problem that everyone has because you would get completely overwhelmed. You just have mm. to do your best in the moment that you're with them. And then you kind of have to let it go a little bit. Right. Um, especially if you're busy and seeing a lot of people. Right. No, I can imagine. That's always so fascinating to me. I've always wondered as a person who intakes all of that all the time, how do you let go of it, you know, afterwards so it mm. doesn't live with you after, after the fact. Well, Dr. Shaw, do you have any more questions, Holly or Scott? No, uh, that was great. I, th I just think it's good to have a grasp of what PTSD can be, what it is, and I because I feel like there's a lot of confusion around it sometimes. So I was just glad for that conversation. Dr. Upshaw, how can people get in contact with you if they are interested in your services or Neurospa TMS? Yeah, so you can just go to neurospatms.com or Google neurospatms. And you can find us. And if you have any questions about any of this stuff, we have really friendly people who answer the phone or just there to help. So whether you end up doing TMS with us or we can help you find some other services, all the stuff that I've talked about today, um, all the people who answer the phones um, know all of that. Awesome. Thank you so much. And we will talk to you for another Mindful Monday mm -hmm. uh, on the Uncensored Podcast. Okay, guys. Good talking with you. You, you too. too. Bye -bye. Thank you. All right, bye. That's so interesting to me. I have a couple of friends that as he was talking, I'm like, 
Yep, mm. girl, they got something going on in their background they need to talk about. They need to get handled. Yes. And I've been sending some resources to some friends as well um, on finding a therapist because I just, I feel like it should be required. Sort of like a driving test to drive, like to be a contributing member of society. Because listen, we all have traumas that we've gone through. Even if you're like, well, my life has been pretty great so far. There's something that happened to you in the past that you've never thought about or you compartmentalize. That shapes who you are and how mm-hmm. you react to life. Yeah. Absolutely. And so I, I feel like everybody, even like maybe like when you're leaving high school or college or something, like you should have to go through a, like a semester of therapy in order to oh. recognize what it is, what your trauma is and what y- is going to affect you later on in life as an adult. Because we, like you said, we all have stuff and that would really help cut down on some of the hurt we do to each other. Mm. Because hurt people are just out hurting other people. Yeah. yeah. Unknowingly, it's not like these are malicious people that are like, I can't wait to project my crap all over somebody else. <laughs> it happens unwittingly because you have your own triggers yeah. and your own ways that you uh, fight. Like, for example, just taking me, for example, so... I didn't realize, like, I have, like, a certain avoidance for wanting to fight with a significant other. Mm-hmm. Um, and in my marriage, I mean, we never fought, which, by the way, that's not good either. In my mind, I was like, everything is peaceful all the time. Right. So that means it's perfect, right? Mm-hmm. No. It's just because I had traumas that were triggered by fighting. Mm-hmm. And so in my head, and even though, like, I navigated my parents' divorce pretty well for an 8-year-old, 9-year-old, um, I I thought that I had everything under control. I didn't have any resentment built up towards my mom or dad. Like, I knew pretty much the whole story. I was like, I'm fine. Everything was fine. What I didn't know is that, like, again, subconsciously, when I would get into a relationship, fighting caused me such, like, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Like, uns- uh, it made me feel so stressed out and anxious yeah. that I would avoid it because, to me, fighting in a relationship meant the person's going to leave. Mm. They're like that's what the outcome is. The outcome is eventually right. someone will just leave. It's either going to be me or you. Mm-hmm. So like big fights in my mind would be like, well, this is the end. Right. And then yeah. I would just end up shutting down and being like, well, whatever. I don't need this anyway. I I didn't really want it. So mm. and it, it, that's not healthy, by the way. Yeah. So I didn't learn that until literally like last year. Mm. I'm 38, and I had no idea. Right. I just figured, oh, this is just. This is what happens when people fight. I had I was never taught how to fight. Like fighting is good when you can be constructive and make progress with it. Right. Because obviously you're not going to have the same thoughts and beliefs as the person that you're in a relationship with. You both have different upbringings. Mm-hmm. But then so you have me with this baggage that I'm carrying about yeah. how oh fights mean breakup. And then maybe the person that you're in the relationship with is like, well, fights mean, you know, Whatever else, I don't have an example, but this is what fights mean. Right. Then the two of you start fighting, and you're not even talking the same language. Mm. Yeah. So yes. I mean, that's sort of what I uh, I discovered at the beginning of my relationship with uh, Abe. Is you know his parents have been married for thirty something years, uh, longer than that, and uh, you know so he's seen his parents fight, go through awful family things that they've had to navigate together. 
And so at the beginning, when we would argue and fight, I'd be like, well, looks like that's it. Yep, we like, got into a disagreement. So pack it up. Yep. Bye. And he was like, no, I'm going to disagree with you on a lot of stuff. Doesn't mean you're leaving. Right. Doesn't mean that I don't like you. It just means that I think you're wrong and I'm right. <laughs> and we can fight about it. Exactly. That's not what I thought. I was like, well, just go. He's <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> wait, whoa, whoa, go. Like Calm in down. my mind, fighting like that equals yeah. you're gonna leave. Scott, is there anything that you can think of from when you were coming up, um, maybe with your parents or with situations at school that, as you're listening to this, you're like, oh my gosh, maybe I do have some trauma from that sort of situation. I I've discovered it a couple, more recently in my older age. I have a huge older trigger. Age. AK-23. AKA, like, I finally started realizing, like, yeah. why I would react certain ways. And I have two where it's, like, one, my family is, like, I live in a split household. My entire life it's been politics are split. Religion is split. And so, like, the two heaviest discussions, I've always been in the middle. And I've mm. always wondered why, like, those conversations, like, bug me out and I don't like to have them or I haven't, like, dived in deeper to understand why. It's because... Every time those discussions happened, it was never on a like an understanding playing field. Mm. It was always a fight. It was always an argument. It was always mm. something that would happen that was so extreme that now I'm battling myself to allow myself to have these conversations. But anytime I see somebody either with a not even an opposing view, I just like lose it. Mm. Like I, I, I maybe I won't go too deep into this, but one of the last times I was at home, like it happened like something like happened my parents they're just they bicker back and forth but something got brought up political and i literally i just snapped i said f this i went into my room and i started packing stuff it was like 11 o'clock at night and oh. i was like and i was just so outraged because i just get so tired of that argument about it's just it, to me it's the most pointless argument ever but it's just all i've known in my life of like anytime this is brought up like there's gonna be a fight and it happened that was like a very that was a horrible incident and glad we figured that all out but then it happened even recently when I was having a discussion with, you know, just more family members. And I started getting just so worked up that I just, I I want to leave the situation then. Like, my body starts shaking. I start getting, like, teary-eyed because I'm like, we're not coming to an agreement. Nobody's going to sit here and be like, you know what? Oh, snap. You're right. And so when people do that and when people talk and they don't want to listen, I just, I lose all self-control of being able to even want to be in that situation. It's very hard because... Like, some people like to go that route and like to have those discussions. Me, I don't. I don't like to have those things. I'm wondering if it's because, so, like, you had a split household. So, like, you're getting one view viewpoint from one side, the other viewpoint from the other. Here you are, the kid, in the middle. So, like, to you, maybe, the growing up, those conversations, you weren't heard. Because if you were to pick a side, that's like picking a parent. Mm. It's like, it's just, it's so, uh, I guess for everyone, it's like a little this trigger happy where when anything gets brought up, it's like, it, it's just going to be a fight. It's just going to be something. And it's like either. No, this is about like politics. Yeah, or like is this it... will be mainly politics. Religious isn't like a, a big one, but it's, you know, it's still split. Like I've just, I've been split. Politics is just one. Like if I try to have a discussion, it just, it blows up. Mm. And so I feel like I've kind of just discovered this recently where it's like, that's why I just don't do it. Because I'm like, you're not going to listen to me. You're just going to put your points out there until you make me just come your way. And I'm just, one, I just don't do it anymore because I know where I stand on certain things. And that's why I'm having a hard time right now getting ready for this new, like, election year 
because I have one, I have a whole side of my family that I'm now realizing that I like disagree on like 90% of stuff with. Mm. And it, it's like, I thought about this last night. That's why I'm not calling them. That's mm. why I haven't taken the time to be like, hey, <clears throat> what's going on? Because the second this gets brought up, right. uh, I don't know if I'm ready to dive into those discussions because I know that if I do, I'm going to put a lot of effort into it. At this point, I've educated myself a little more where I'm going to be able to have a discussion. And if I do all of that and you still don't just take a second to understand, I don't know where we go from there. I don't know if I'm going to be able to come over for Christmas and have a joyful time because you're not taking the time to understand me. You put out your opinions, but you're not taking the other side to like learn the other side of things. So it's it's becoming even more apparent right now. And that's literally last night I was looking at a post. I saw something that went into our family like Facebook group and it just it made me sick to my stomach mm. where I like I was literally trying to sleep and I'm like just thinking about my response. I'm like thinking about today. I don't think I'm going to do it after having that nice discussion with the doctor. Um, <laughs> my plan today was to go through each point that they made on this stupid ass meme. Oh yeah. And like going through and explaining why this is just bull crap. It would probably take me an hour, but I would want to just like type it out and make you understand that it's like this thing that you shared, like, I love you. I love you, my family. But this is stupid. Do you have the meme? I'm curious what it is. Uh, I, don't need, I don't know if I want to look. It's just. I mean, you, you don't have to tell I, us, like, who posted it. I don't want to know that. Well, I just want to know. That's what I struggle with, though, because if I see family members that share stuff, it's embarrassing. Like, mm. I don't want to. And that's why I didn't want to talk about it. But at right. the same time, I'm like, this is what I'm, like, literally right now. That was my last night. When I'm about to go to sleep, I'm like. And then I said, like, oh, something posted in the family chat. And it was something, like, stupid-ass political or something. To do with, you know, one, politics, also the different movements happening right now. And it just, it almost made it in a way of like, oh, they're, like, the one of the third points is like, Black Lives Matter. I was like, oh, nice. And then I was like, it just went on to describe pretty much, like, all lives matter of, like, uh, white lives matter or Asian lives matter. And it's like, of course. But again, you're not, you're not seeing the freaking point. Right. And I don't have the time to just sit here and have the discussion with you. But at the same time, that's what I planned today of, like, let me go ahead and finally speak my piece. Mm. But I also don't want to do it until I get in person or else I don't think there's going to even be a chance for us to get on the same page. I have a feeling that the holidays this year are going to be very rough for everyone um, unless everyone's on the same page politically I'm wise. I'm tell you right now, not a lot of people are. No. And they're going to be a lot of split households because – you know, we got the election in November, and yeah. then Thanksgiving is shortly after that. Oh, God. And then there's Christmas and Hanukkah. Ugh. And so it's going to be fascinating to see what happens. And I hope, and this goes for both sides, me as a liberal person, if our president is elected again, I'm going to have to, you know, bite the bullet and say, well, this is the will of the majority of the people and go with it. It'll be a very, very hard bullet to bite. And that's one of the few times we actually talked about political or politics is after the election of Donald Trump last year or not last year in uh, 2016 yeah. oh, when yeah. it happened. And yeah. I remember we were doing our tour of towns, our Miguel and Holly 10 and 10. Mm -hmm. And we were somewhere out in the suburbs, uh, maybe uh, Temple Terrace or something like that. And I just remember pulling up to that McDonald's and being like, how the hell am I going to put on a show for four hours and also greet people when I feel nothing but grief 
yeah. in my heart right now. And then, of course, I'm just not good at compartmentalizing. And so we talked about it. Mm-hmm. And I tried to do it in the most diplomatic way of like, hey, I'm not happy, but this is the will of the people. And so we're going to have to go with it. And I'm going to hope that he proves us all wrong. From me, from my point of view, I feel like he has proved my worst fears. But for some people, they believe he has been great for our country. And so they're never going to not believe that. And the only way for us to heal is for us to say, all right, you got the most uh, majority of your people to come out and vote and y'all wanted our country to go in that direction, I can't do anything but say I'm going to wait and do what I can in the next four years to make sure that we can go in the direction that I think is right. But I think that if we don't all come at it from that point of view, which we won't, no, which no. won't be the way at all, no. but it would just make, it would repair things a little bit more. It's not. Gonna, no, it's not. This well, literally that's, that's is like, you makes, might as well just erase everything I said. That's what it's makes like, me so mad, though. Right. Like, if I could just sit down with someone nope. and have, like, because I will listen. I will listen to your points. If you're like, hey, this person did this good, this I'll be like, hell, I'll write it down. Damn, I'll make a note in my phone. But I know the second that I go to do it, you're just going to, like, rebuttal, rebuttal. You're right. going to come at another angle. It's like, I'm not trying to fight you. I'm trying to discuss. And that's why I literally am like, I'm holding back on making any phone calls to certain family members because I'm like, I'm not ready to put in that time and energy if you're not willing to do the same thing. And it sucks because I freaking miss you and I love you and you're part of my family, but you're not on the same page of where I am and you're not willing to learn the other side. That part breaks my heart. Just get ready. Now, see, I'm really good at compartmentalizing, so I'll just... Because I was taught that as a kid. <laughs> like, I was basically taught, like, you know, just shut, shut up. Shut up. And just shut up. You can just listen to what we're talking about. So I just right. sit and listen. Mm. And that's how I will be able to get through the holidays. Now, we probably won't be traveling, I'm guessing. Right. So I'm not going to see anybody. But, like, if I do, hopefully, like, my family does a pretty good job of not talking about the deep stuff. We, they're, we're all really good oh, man. at ignoring everything. <laughs> so we'll be like, well, how are you doing? You're in medical school still. Oh, that's amazing. Great. How's the baby? Yes. Did you see the new movies that's coming out? Like <laughs> ours, is like the opposite. That's it's like how immediate. we work. Uh, no, uh, ours like brought up. Yeah, ours is just like a veneer of we're all really happy, Everybody's and then good. everybody probably goes to their separate homes later and bitches about everything else. <laughs> that's exactly how my family is. Yeah. I mean, when Abe came to my family's Christmas, was that this? Oh, the year before last, he was like, I. I I'm just shocked at how, like, nobody got deep on anything. And we no. were there for, what, three, four hours? Nobody gets deep on anything in my no, family. No, it was, like, all very surface level. Like, no one asked about, you know, how we got together. This, now, this, remember, this is the first per- man, person, I've ever brought to holidays. Yeah. And he's a white man oh. in my black family. And I thought that he, because he was, like, prepared. Like, Abe is not, like, a big talker. And so I was like, just prepare yourself because they could come in with some questions. I've never experienced this, so I don't know what to expect. Girl, it was like he wasn't even there. Like That's what my family would do. Like, if if you guys came to my family, everybody would be super nice. Right. They would ask you if you want seconds or thirds. Right. They would ask pretty much no questions. Although maybe, like, because my Auntie Pearl likes to be the one that, like, she wants to be better than everybody else. So she might inquire how you met. Ah, uh, okay. But she wouldn't ask any deeper questions. That's it. That would be it. And then she'd be like, hmm, did mm. you see what I asked? 
<laughs> how they met. So it's like nobody really wants to get deep. They right. just want to. And that's how we all still probably get together, I imagine. Right. Yeah, that's I it. mean, whereas like Abe's family, it's like so different. I mean, like his dad calls me um, like his. I mean, it just it's just such when I go to his family's Christmas I just sort of like a mind f for a little bit. That's what I don't even know like, what that's like. I've right. never even been with anybody who get, whose family goes with like Scotts must go. Mm. I I don't even know what that's like. Like my ex husband, everybody was in the same boat. I was the like the lone dissenter on mm. like political values and whatnot. Right. So you better believe I just shut my damn mouth. <laughs> and like when they're like they get because like when you're in your own like family oh, echo chamber God. and oh, they're all the same and they're yeah. and they like ramp each other up. <laughs> so I would just be over here. You're like this ham what did you do to the ham though <laughs> like that should have been a red flag but like i'm really good at just not mm. getting into it because i i don't i was never given tools on how i'm just I, learning that now i think the the takeaway from today's mindful monday is to start to arm yourself <laughs> now in june and july Ugh. For the upcoming holidays Dude, after the election. My fingers are going like I got that nervous tick that I do with my fingers and they're go- both fa- both hands. <laughs> and we still got time, but it's just know so- that it's coming. It's July. It's I July. I can't, I can't, but just be ready for the holidays this year <laughs> if your family believes differently on things. Uh. Um, I also, I want to say I would love to because I don't want this to be just an echo chamber of you know, our point of view, if you are a conservative person, we would always welcome to hear from you and hear your point of view. I would absolutely love it. Um, I always hope that we could talk to uh, John Sinning from Jugarabo Live because he's conservative. But whenever we when we record the podcast, he's doing his power yoga. Yeah. And so his phone is off. Yeah. So I'd love to be able to talk to him one time about how he's feeling about everything with the conservative movement. Right. And that's the thing. Like, I would love to have a conversation because honestly, I feel like a lot. And we talked about this with him. A lot of people are in the middle. Right. Like, I feel like, you know, I'm very liberal, but I'm probably conservative on some issues. Right. And I wouldn't mind talking about that with somebody, mm-hmm. but it's like, it's like almost taboo to be in the middle. Right. Like, it's like we're, uh, there's only two sports teams and you got to be for team this or that. And it's like, oh God. All right. Well, you got me. Right. But you can always email us if you want to be that side. Miguel Please. at hot1015tampabay.com. Also email me if you want some Miguel and Holly stickles. Mm. We got lots of stickles that I just ordered for us that we want to <laughs> give away. So if you want a sticker, sticker, just email me your full name and your address, Miguel, at hot1015tampabay.com. We can get you a sticker. Holly, what is your social media? Radio Holly on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. And Holly on Hot1015. Just type that in on Facebook. Scott? At Scott Tavlin, S-C-O-T-T-T-A-V-L-I-N on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Uh, Miguel Fuller, M-I-G-U-E-L-F-U-L-L-E-R on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, and Miguel Fuller on Facebook. Make sure, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts to the Uncensored Podcast, to rate and subscribe and leave us a little review. Also, you can listen on Spotify, on the TuneIn app, on Alexa, iHeartRadio app. So many ways to listen to Miguel and Holly Uncensored. And until next time, see you later, alligator. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Catch up on previous episodes of Miguel and Holly Uncensored now on the Hot 101.5 app or on iTunes on your smartphone. It's Miguel and Holly Uncensored. Quarantine edition from Hot 101.5. Made hot by Corona Beer.